Hello everyone, my name is Waze Asmal, welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow. For those who've watched quite a few of these episodes, if you know anyone else who would benefit from watching, please share it with them. Now, if you're joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves and drop a two in the comments if you're watching the recording. My guest for this week is Nyasha Muvirimi, chartered accountant, entrepreneur, non-executive director with a focus on infrastructure development and project finance. Nyasha, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Yves. Let's jump straight into the meat of it. Tell us your story. Where do you come from? And even outside of work, who is Nyasha Muvirimi? Give us that backstory. Wow, where do we start? How much time do you have, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Nyasha started off a career in the year 2000. So I have two years of working, grinding, and also trying to figure out who I am to answer your question more clearly. So I have... I started off my career in Zimbabwe, where I was an auditor for eight years, and I worked mainly in the financial services sector. I then moved on to advisory. So to those who think eight years is a lifetime, oh, sorry, three years is a lifetime, imagine eight years in in articles. Um, So after eight years, I moved into advisory um, where I focused on corporate deals, um, corporate finance, valuations, etc. And then um, I got the infrastructure financing bite thereabouts. So it's something that um, caught my eye simply because it was very tangible, very pragmatic. You know, it's brick and mortar, that sort of thing. And it's highly impactful. So you know the power of uh, having a power station in a place that had no electricity before and suddenly they have electricity, productivity, jobs, etc. increases. So I loved infrastructure from that perspective. So I moved from the corporate uh, sexy sort of deals into the more longer um, and arduous um, infrastructure development and financing side of things. So as you may have it, I've spent the first 10 years of my career in Zim, and then I moved to South Africa, based in Joburg, where I focused really on infrastructure and financing, um, something that I did across Africa. And again, after eight years, I then thought, let's do something more exciting with our lives. I decided to go to Europe, um, based in Germany. And there I was still in the infrastructure space, but working more of um, M&A. So the sexy deals, but infrastructure. So I found that very attractive. And I was specializing mainly in the energy sector then. So COVID hit us all um, in 2020. And I just had an epiphany to to move. Um, Yeah, and just... uh, go entrepreneurial, if you can put it that way. So after two decades in an international firm, I decided to start my own boutique firm, specializing in uh, financing infrastructure. So Nyasha is um, very passionate about um, Africa. 
She is very passionate about seeing its development, its emancipation from poverty and all its vices. And here we are, you know, doing our bit in, in making a difference to that landscape. So that's who I am. And outside of work? Outside of work, I'm a learner and a bookworm. So I like to um, read a lot. Um, don't ask me what sort of books because it's not going to be leadership and accounting and entrepreneurial books. No, I, I, no. <laughs> but um, I love to read. Um, I love to meet people um, in and just learn from people. I think half of my work is meeting people and, and learning from them and seeing how I can help them. But more than that, I just like to learn from different people, different cultures in different settings. Amazing, amazing. Maybe you touched on it slightly in your in your interview. Who might be working in corporate, uh, maybe just being a general role. What does an infrastructure development and project finance professional actually do? Wow. Um, so my, <laughs> that's quite a broad question. Um, so I'm a financial. I mean, I'm a, I have a financial background. So the work I tend to do is financial related, financially related. So what we tend to do is to assist clients to um, look at their projects from a financial perspective. Is it a viable project? And how best can we structure it or package it to make it attractive to financiers or investors alike? So that's what it's really like. So it's really walking, walking alongside our developers, our clients, to make sure that their projects are well packaged and they are financed at the end of the day and are implemented. I like how I explained that because sometimes, I mean, infrastructure development just sounds, well, it sounds vague and it can be grand and project finance. So I'm glad you, 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 you put it into a little bit more detail. How does this, if somebody listens to you or they follow you on LinkedIn, they've been following you for a while and they think, OK, I want to dip my toe into this industry. How does one get involved? Well, honestly, I started off with curiosity and then explored it that way. But maybe listening to me, you'd be like, OK, so where do I go from here? I think um, the joy of being in a firm is that you can get to try out these different service lines in a safe space, if I can call it that way. Can I call it that way? Yeah. Even moving from audit to advisor, it was all within the same firm. And I was also able to pivot from general corporate finance into project finance because I was in that space. So you get that opportunity to learn within the firm that way. You can move laterally. So I think you should broaden your mind, open your mind to that if you are in a firm. And if you are not, then I think try it out. Talk to a couple of people, um, see if they're hiring. You can even look at being an intern sometimes. That's how you just get your foot in the door. Um, in South Africa, especially, there is a big uh, renewable energy um, procurement program in the public sector. And there are many developers uh, around. And I think that would be a good but tough uh, way to um, cut your teeth in, in something like um, infrastructure development and, and, and financing, seeing how that 
um, actually what it entails and how you could get that project to bankability. So yeah, I'm saying if, if you're mostly um, people in, in firms right now, consider looking at different um, service lines to get into it. And if not, then look at the many, many um, avenues that you could enter it into. It could be even in banking as well, you know, the investment banking, but maybe looking at energy and infrastructure, for example. Um, um, banks call them different things, you know, each bank, but they do more or less the same thing just to see how it works and if, if it's a good fit for you. Um, and then outside of that, I think you should read about it. Um, read about um, what's happening in the in the industry. You know, what are the infrastructure development plans in the country, for example? So that curiosity needs to be fed. And if you wane and be like, ah, no, this is not for me, then it's an easy way to find out that maybe this is not really for you. But if it really intrigues you how it works, what it entails by just reading the literature that's out there, the reports that are out there, then yeah, that's how I would say explore. Um, you talked about banks, you talked about some of the bigger firms. Am I correct that it seems like mo most of the opportunities are most likely in Joburg, if you're looking from a South African perspective? I actually think they're in Cape Town. Okay. <laughs> they're in Cape Town. And honestly, I think it's now quite pervasive. Um, you, you'll find that, um, especially in the energy sector, most developers are headquartered in Cape Town. Um, yeah, they're mostly um, headquartered in Cape Town. And there are some big financial institutions that are based in Cape Town, like your old mutuals that are there. So it's it's really not Joburg-centric. Although here, of course, there, there are way more um, financial institutions and you could meet a couple of developers as well outside of Cape Town. And all those developers in Cape Town also have offices in, in, in Joburg or other areas across the country. So it's not really geographically um, concentrated in one place in South Africa in particular. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a specific uh, industry or sector focus within, uh, within infrastructure development? And if you do, um, why did you choose that, uh, that specific focus? Oh man, this, 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 this is a good question. Uh, and I smile because the reason why I got into it, infrastructure in the first place was um, there was a time in Zim when we had an economic crisis. Yeah, there have been many, but let's just say the first real economic crisis, which was in the mid 2000s. And we went without electricity during winter because of some transformer that was broken and it wasn't fixed until three, four months down the line. So the whole of winter with no power. And I was so fed up. I was like, I'm going to go to the power utility and do something about it. And that was my way of starting to do BD, business development work, and just explore how it is. And it was also coinciding with my transition from audit into advisory. So I just took it in my stride, like, hey, what's, what's really going on? Why do we not have power? Why on earth would it take so long to fix the transformer, for example? And so that's where my love and dance started with the energy sector or power sector, simply because it affected me on a very personal level. And yeah, that's what I've concentrated in. Hence the company I formed is Fin Energy to finance energy uh, projects predominantly 
Um, but I do look at other sectors like transport, uh, mining, agriculture, simply because um, those sectors also have capital intensive um, projects. So where you're trying to raise millions of US dollars, for example, it's something that we would look at because it's it's just capital intensive and project finance will make sense in, mm -hmm. in, in it. Yeah. Good. That explains it. For the audience, we'll be responding to questions towards the end. So please add your questions to the comment section now so that we don't miss them. Um, I noticed that you've been uh, you've been running your own business for the last three years. So firstly, congratulations on passing the three-year mark. That's always a milestone. Thank you. Thank you. And what advice do you have for those who are considering starting their own businesses? They might have been in corporate. They, they've been, I don't know, sitting in the, those big firms, thinking about it. Should they make the jump? Shouldn't they make the jump? Any advice? Yeah. I think just take a pitch on yourself and do it. Yeah. Um, and if you're younger, go for it. You've got time to make mistakes and fix them as you go. Um, I was listening to some billionaire a few days ago. And forgive me, I don't remember his name. Um, but he was saying that, look, when I look back, I'm just grateful I did it. I did it. And, and that was the most profound thing I've heard somebody speak in a while. Um, so do yourself a favor and just go for it. Um, yeah, we, we tend to, as, as CAs, as accountants, as auditors, we tend to overanalyze and paralyze ourselves in the process. Um, the other learning I had was that the first year is the worst. It's the absolute worst year and the opportunities to give up are plentiful. And I think you're literally, it feels like you're just tiptoeing. You're at the edge and you're just testing the waters with your toes and saying, oh, should I really stay? Should I go? Should I do it? And yeah, you know, if you survive the first year, um, you can you can survive anything. Second year always it's always better, um, and then you just start coming to your own. And sometimes it's just sticking with it, you know, sticking with it so that your brand is 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 getting known. People now know you know you're stuck with it for 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 twelve months plus. And um, what else could I say? Yeah, and friends are few, hey. Um, friends a few, but there are some who will stick closer than a brother, literally, um, who will just come at the right time to give you that support and not necessarily monetary support, but um, just moral support. They will believe in you. They'll back, they'll back you up um, emotionally. And it's, it's super important to have that circle, that social circle around you to, to keep you going, at least to, to not make you feel ridiculous or insane for doing this, for, for jumping um, into the freezing waters, if I can call them that. So I think, yeah, those are the key learnings I've had in the last few years. And what was your biggest culture shock of moving to entrepreneurship? I know some people talk about, you know, there's always the sales engine behind them and the sales just come. And then when you, <laughs> but I'm sure <clears throat> without putting words in your mouth, tell me what was your biggest culture shock? Yo, I am doing everything. I need to make sure everything happens. Marketing used to be done. I mean, think about it. For two decades, I had a well-oiled machine doing all of those things. It was literally, guys, do this. 
do that. My laptop is not working. Somebody's going to fix it. Suddenly, you are now needing to fix it. You now need to set up stuff. You now need to find people to do all those things, doing your accounting and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's why I say the first year is always the worst because um, you're trying to transition. You're trying to put order. You know what it needs to look like. It's nowhere near looking like what it should look like. So um, you, you're really um, trying to, 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 to create an ecosystem for yourself to make sure that your business is sustainable. And I think on that note, I would also add that you need to be very kind to yourself. Um, because I was Nyasha, the, 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 the CA, the accounting expert. Now I am Nyasha. Um, CEO. I'm now Nyasha overseeing IT. So I'm C is it CIO. <laughs> I'm now overseeing HR. I'm now overseeing. Oh my gosh. It's, 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 it's a lot. So you need to really cut yourself some slack, be kind to yourself, um, allow yourself to make mistakes, um, pick yourself up. That's, that's, um, that's yourself and, and keep going. So, so yeah, so the shock is real. It's there and it's, it's really, giving you an opportunity time to then get help, you know, outsource the help where it makes sense so that you can still do what you love doing whilst you have your back office machine running relatively smoothly. So let, let's talk a little bit about what you are currently doing. Uh, I see on LinkedIn, you seem to be very involved in, like you said, energy and combating load shedding. Um, yeah. If Can you talk about what you're currently busy with or is it... Uh, highly top secret it can't be highly top secret because most of my work in public sector is is advertised you know okay. we're looking for a transaction advisor a financial advisor to help us to do what etc etc i can't talk about it in broad terms though because i don't want to bore the audience about it about the sort of work we do um so we like i said typically our clients are developers uh, so people are building new infrastructure, um, and that is both um, public sector, utilities, government, or private sector companies, private companies, or even banks. Um, and so some of the work we've been doing is advising, um, like the Department of Energy, to on on, on the renewable energy projects um, program as well as the transmission issues that have been affecting the implementation of the renewable energy procurement program. Um, when I look at private clients, they want um, advice on, is this a viable project to invest in? Um, is this a good solar project to invest in? Can you help us to raise capital for our project? Can you help us to take to market our project? So those are the sort of um, mandates we get um in this day and age so and it's mostly energy because i think that's that, that's really a key um economic driver in in most countries in fact in all countries and with the big energy poverty in africa yes i do comment a lot more on 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 energy and power related things because that is what is top of mind um in many jurisdictions across the continent okay I like, the, I don't see any questions coming from the audience. So I'm going to ask my one last question. Uh, okay. It's a question I like to ask all my guests. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? 
Yo. Hmm, that's a good question, hey? And there's, there's so many things I'll tell myself. Um, uh, yeah, but I think um, at some point, you know, uh, having been a consultant for two decades plus, and I'm still consulting, um, and, and working in a big organization with policies, procedures, you know, you, you really know what to do, when to do it, how you should do it, because everything is standardized like that. You tend to lose yourself. So, um, and when I say lose yourself, I hope I don't confuse anyone. It's just that um, you tend not to bring your authentic self. You're tempted not to bring your authentic self to manage expectations. Do you fit in if you bring your normal self, your, your, your authentic self? So I would advise younger Nyasha, you know what? You're you, you're unique. And trying to be someone else is just too much work. Um, and at the end of the day, you need to sleep at peace with yourself at night. And, and that's best had when you are very honest and live your authentic life the way you see it. So, so yeah, be yourself as you do things, pursue, ask questions. If you are inquisitive, ask questions. If you, if you are loud, yeah, be loud within reason. <laughs> um, yeah, be authentic self because the world needs you as you are. There are too many of other people already. So that's what I'll tell myself. Be your authentic self, I like it. Yeah. Any last few words from you or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Look, infrastructure development and financing is, is one of those long haul sort of um, vocations. I'll call it a vocation. Uh, because it's kind of like a calling. So it's not one of those things that you get in and get out, you know, um, quickly, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long process. And um, I'm not discouraging anyone, but it's very fulfilling, you know, um, because it's one of those things that you say, look, I advised the government in doing this thing and look how well it's going those sort of things. Or I was part of the team that helped establish, um, helped to bring this um, infrastructure um, to life, to it being built and all of that. Um, so, so that's the great satisfaction you get. So yeah, take your time in thinking about it, test the waters where you're able to test the waters, read about it and yeah, research on it. I'm very happy to to chat to people about it if they, they have questions and are curious about entering into the space. Yeah. I think so. that's, a, that's a great way to end. The show has been live on YouTube and should be available on podcast by tomorrow. If you're watching on nice. YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel that it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Nyasha, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye.